Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. We are a community talking to about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We do not claim to be experts. We're walking this journey with you and just trying to become our best selves. I am Scottage. Around the table with me, we have... Big Joe. Jimbo. Big Joe and Jimbo. Jimbo also, a.k.a. Mr. 3000. And uh, the last time we were able to actually celebrate your nine-year on-the-day sobriety date that was pretty exciting that was very cool i was i was honored to actually be uh coincidentally happening that with you (laughs) 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 but it was very cool it was was a neat thing to be to be present for to hear that that was very cool all right so what's what's going on anything interesting happening in anybody's life right now Big Joe, you're super still super busy. Oh my gosh, folks! If only you could hear. <laughs> so busy. What Every time I talk to him, what's going on, man? I am so busy. <laughs> That's awesome. Good for you. The only way I know it's kind of true is when you'll be talking to him on the phone when he's supposedly super busy. You'll have about a twenty-minute conversation, and then it's all of a sudden, oh, I'll call you right back, and he panically hangs up, and you never hear from him again <laughs> for about a week. <laughs> So he must be busy, I guess. I don't know. Just, either that or he's terrible at making phone calls back when he says he'll call you back. <laughs> or he just wanted off the phone real bad. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Like, just just get be honest and just say, I'm done with you now. And hang up. <laughs> he just does not end the conversation, basically, is what it comes down to. All right, I'm done with you. Boom. My, my conversations usually end with someone else beeping in. So he says. Okay, well, this week we are set to talk about character defects. One of the things that that I ran across on Facebook, guys, was was this quote from Bob Goff. And I don't know if you know who Bob Goff is, but he wrote a book called Love Does. He has one of the most interesting lives that I have ever heard. It's worth reading the book just to catch his story and to, to hear the stories that he's put in there. I won't go into the, the long, the long uh, drastic thing of telling you his whole story for him. But Bob Goff put this quote out there. He said, quit telling yourself you're who you used to be. And when I read that, I thought, okay, that's actually a pretty cool thing to, to remember each day. Can you you're, repeat that one more time? Quit telling yourself you're who you used to be. And it's this idea, I think, that, that wraps right into this character defects. Oh, for sure, because it's funny that, obviously, having the heads up that we were going to be talking about character defects, one of my biggest still to this day is that self-pity, that self-loathing and reflecting morbidly reflecting on what used to be or what's going to happen all those things and still one of my major character defects i deal with on a daily basis so what what do you mean by that it's that boo-hoo boo-hoo poor me poor me and what can lead to trouble if you sit in that stinking thinking for too long and we've talked about it before on this episodes where that thinking can get you in a place where you don't need to be and that's why hopefully by working the steps and being as present as possible is trying to keep the mind, heart, and soul all in those same places, I have a lot less self-pity than normal. But left to my own devices, you I can pretty there. much sit in the couch and boo-hoo all day long pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's that's another quote that I that I actually heard. I wrote this one down. I was listening to another podcast. And Merlin Mann, some, some of these rants that he gets off on are just really killer rants. And, and some of the stuff that he says in them are are pretty profound, and you wonder, how the heck did this guy just come up with something that profound in the middle of a rant, right? But here's what he said. He said, he said sometimes you just have to pull your head out of your ass, which is pretty hard if you're starting to like the way it smells. 
<laughs> but but I think that that's what you just are talking about. You know, it's this thing of of sometimes you have to pull your head out of your ass. You know, sometimes you're in the midst of something that is just killing you. It's it's taking it's taking your life. It's not giving you life. It's it's stealing your life from you. But the problem is it's become so familiar that you you were starting to like the way it smells. You know, it's it's just it's familiar now. And it's it's really hard to break out of the familiar cycle to go to something that's unknown or something that that you don't know what those feelings are. Now you've got to deal with new feelings and I don't know if I'm if if I'm equipped or emotionally ready to handle those new feelings because those things are kind of scary and I don't know how to navigate that stuff. The junk I know how to navigate because the junk I've navigated for so long now, it's it's so familiar. I know the routines. I know a system. I can if I start to feel this way, I can do that and I can do this. It doesn't get me out of the junk, but at least at least I can navigate it. Problem is we we start to like the way it smells. Right. Nobody likes to point out their their flaws. Right. I mean nobody wants to sit here and tell you this is why my character defects suck or <laughs> you know uh one of my big character defects is just letting stuff build and build and um taking it out on someone that doesn't deserve it i mean that's that's huge for me where i need to separate work from when i get home from work from family i mean that's definitely huge for me where you got to leave that stuff at home and not bring the stress home with you and i agree with that and it's kind of weird but where I was touching on earlier with that self-pity and sort of all anything to do with self leads into, which can be a major thing is the ego because self-pity all of a sudden I start making some, I'm turning that molehill into a mountain basically as we sit there and just let that thing manifest in our heads over and over without telling anybody, this is actually how we're thinking. And the next thing you know, all of a sudden, I'm self-important. This is the biggest thing in the world. I totally forget about everybody else that's out there. And then all of a sudden, my ego's through the roof where this is the biggest issue. I can't believe other people around me don't know how important this is. Meanwhile, I have yet to tell any single person about this. So that whole sense of self and the ego and taking it out on other people where these other people don't even have a clue until, unfortunately, you do explode. And then it's just like, well, where did that come from? Oh, I've been thinking about that for three weeks. You didn't know? <laughs> well, what kind of jerk are you? Like, tell me how you take it out on other people, though. I mean, tell me what, uh, what kind of what kind of a buildup. Explain the buildup of your own character defects that then turn into an outburst. I mean, I could go as simple as maybe my boy would spill a glass of milk or something. And... um. <clears throat> take make it mountain out of a molehill i mean you flip out oh my gosh it's the end of the world you just spilled milk all over the place really you just go over and clean it up and it's over with you know what i mean it's like it's not like he took the milk and picked it up and dumped it upside down right in front of you i mean it was an accident <laughs> but it was just something that small that might set it off you know where all the stress builds 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 and then someone's going to be the pin cushion, pin cushion, and it's the bad character defect of mine. It's Which like, leads into the next natural progression. After you do have that explosion, another character defect pops up where you have guilt. And it's just like, oh, I was a terrible person just then. Why did I do that? <laughs> so then you got to deal with those issues as well, which... Back in the day, if I ever felt guilty, what I would do is try to numb that immediately by getting as drunk as possible so I wouldn't have those guilty feelings any longer. Well, let's talk about the character defects because well, I I feel like it's getting 
as somebody who doesn't hear that term a lot, okay, I don't, I don't hear that term a lot. I don't, I don't deny that the that character defects exist. I guess I'm just not overly familiar with with living inside of a world that that uses that phrase on a consistent basis. Okay, so what are we talking about when we say character defects? Like, what are you talking about when you say character defects that lead to another character defect? Are you can can you give an example out of your own life, maybe, or or make up a fictional hypothetical person that that would maybe have like it just feels like an umbrella term that isn't doesn't give a lot of clarity because it seems so so umbrella vague. I think all your character defects they're made up of multiple things. Like it's who you are basically. It's your flaws. Right. So all these things that basically make you you that you actually want to become better. So you have to weed those things out. And it's hard for me to explain to you. Like the couple that I mentioned, self-pity, self-justification, self-importance, my ego, all those things are things that make me not the person I want to be. So by knowing what they are and being able to identify them, I can take that next step to do the next right thing to hopefully squash those things or where they won't make their appearance as often as they used to. Okay. Well, and I'll take credit for maybe zoning out. Okay. <laughs> I'll own my own junk on that one. But but so when when you talk about say ego, definitely a character a character defect when ego turns into pride, right? Because we've all got ego. And there's 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 no person that exists that doesn't have ego even though you can have healthy levels of ego, you know, because out of that comes your confidence, not a way of of trying to think you're better than somebody else, but just confidence, you know, your own confidence. I mean, that's, that comes from ego, right? So, but ego can go wrong. And so when we talk about a character defect, we're talking about ego having gone wrong. But how does that tie into something where that then becomes a blow-up point or something along those lines? This was how it was explained to me. Or maybe I'm picking the wrong character uh, defect. Maybe that's no, not a good one for... No, ego is a huge one. And so there's a whole laundry list of... Basically, anything can be a character defect, something that doesn't make you the person you should be. But the biggest thing that I've been learned about, that the underlying factor to all these things, and the reason I walk around with a huge ego is because deep down, there's something that I'm afraid of. There's a fear underneath all this. This is why I act this certain way. I explode because deep down, I'm afraid to tell you exactly what's going on. Like that spilled milk that Joe was just talking about, it wasn't the milk. It was something that happened previous. His ego may have been dinged previous, and he didn't get it and check to figure out what was going on. So then the milk was the dynamite to the expo- the equation. But yeah, I mean, how we used to deal with that in the past was we would run and bury it with alcohol, drugs. I mean, that was our escape. And uh, we would numb it, you know. And I was just talking to one of my drivers this week, and it was a stressful week. And I was like, man, I said, JC, I just want to stop. And smoke a cigarette, or I want to stop and buy some scratch offs. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I was, I was, and I haven't been doing that in a long time either. And he's like, "Well, Joe, you know, about an hour after you do that, you're gonna feel like shit." And I said, "Yeah, you're right about that." He goes, "But if you got to pick one of the two evils, stop and buy a scratch off. Stay away from the cigarettes." <laughs> and it was just funny how he put me back in check. Now I stopped and bought five packs of gum instead. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really was expecting that to be end with the words Red Bull. <laughs> <laughs> I was Red Bulled out. <laughs> I did feel that hour later when I would have felt the resentment against myself, I felt awesome that 
I didn't turn to that stuff and no one got no one got yelled at, you know. And um I was able to deal with those feelings without using any of my addictions to deal with them. That was a big step for me with my character defects. Now that stuff will resurface all the time and I might handle it a little differently next time. It's progress, not perfection. You just gotta keep working on yourself. I mean, our ultimate goal is to be a better person. And by doing that, you have to call yourself out on your flaws and figure out ways to fix them. And it all circles back to the whole honesty thing. Like you mentioned, not that you mentioned this, but you mentioned like in not your everyday life, does character defects come up by working this program that I'm in on a daily basis as best as I can. Again, progress, not perfection. I have to be honest with myself when these things start to happen. And the big thing is now that I do have a little over nine years sobriety, just because I'm an egomaniac for four days in a row doesn't mean I'm going to run and drink. But certainly if I continue to act like I used to without drinking, that's not who I want to be. That's not why I'm trying to do this. Right. Drinking was but a symptom. I stopped the drinking and then it's like, oh shit, now everything's real. I got to figure this out. So that trying to figure those terms out and the fancy, the whole like Dr. Phil Oprah moment using the terms character defect. If I would have heard myself nine years ago say, oh, I got plenty of character defects. That, who thought that? that doesn't even make sense. But now I'm able to actually sit back and actually, and it gets mentioned a lot lately. It seems like weird buzzwords happen a lot in the circles that we hang out in. Right. The whole big thing is now pausing. If you're able to pause before the explosion or before one of these defects pops its ugly head up, that's a hell of a lot of progress right there because before <laughs> there was no pause button, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so when we're talking about character defects, we're, we're actually talking about, it's a combination of giving yourself grace and the idea of progress, not perfection is this idea of, um, well, like I said, just grace and then becoming who you want to be, your best version of you, right? But who's defining what that is? Like, how do you define those elements of this is a character defect versus, yeah, this is something you can pretty much live with, but <laughs> I wouldn't, don't focus too much on that one. Let's get some other stuff. Let's get some other stuff handled. Like, how do you define that? Does it really come down to each person saying this is this is what I find acceptable. Does it come down to society and say, this is what our society deems success or acceptable because different societies actually find various things acceptable and not acceptable. Well, where do you, yeah. where does that come from? Not to Bogart, the conversation by any means, but what Joe and I are lucky enough to do because it's, a did 12th. you just say Bogart, the conversation, Humphrey Bogart. How old are you, man? Wow. Right. Not to barge in. I must be very young because I don't even know who that is. I've heard the expression, but I cannot say I even understood what it meant other than like... Not to hog the conversation. <laughs> so, so apparently Humphrey Bogart talked a lot. What do you... I mean, I don't understand. Was he just a rude person? I got a lot of work to do after this podcast. <laughs> We're all going to have to watch Casablanca, aren't we? Uh, what I'm trying to get at here is... Joey and I are lucky enough to have worked a 12-step program where we were able to put all this down on paper. And basically, people that we've come across in our lifetime that we may have wronged or feel that have wronged us. And by putting this down on a piece of paper, we are then able to see what actually sparked, why are we actually angry with that person? And it all 
has to reflect to some sort of character defect. Well, that person hurt my ego. And then if you dive and drill further down, that's why it always comes back to fear for me. I had a ton of resentments, which is a major character defect that we work on. But by doing that step and getting it on paper and then continuing the program, telling another human being, telling my higher power and myself all these character defects, it all, when I finally drilled it all down, was I was just afraid of everything. And it was either... I'm afraid this person's trying to steal my money, trying to take a friendship, or they're selfish, and I'm afraid. Like, I couldn't convey it other than saying all these things were fear-based. So by working the steps in the program that I'm in, I'm able to finally see those character defects laid out on a piece of paper, where for the first time, like, somebody that's not in the rooms like yourself, you said it's not a term that we're familiar with. That's the only way I was able to finally get familiar with it was actually to put it all on paper and like, oh my God, there is a hell of a theme here with every single person <laughs> on my list and it all squared back and it could be something else. But then when, like I said, drilling down a little further, it was all fear. So you're talking about trigger points maybe. Yeah. I don't like this person because of this. Right. This and so you find me wrong because of this. So you'll find common trigger points inside of yourself that then that lead leads you to in many ways what drove you to bad behavior exactly and so that's what we talk about whenever we talk about character defects is what is driving me towards bad behavior and how do i then so it's not all encompassing necessarily all encompassing um what keeps me away from my ideal person or or that i'll name somebody else old too plato with, uh, he makes fun of me for Bogart. <laughs> he goes back to somebody thousands. I thought it was oh. going to be up your alley. Come on. Yeah, we used to bowl together on Wednesday nights, me and Plato. Yeah. <laughs> See, now you're really claiming your age right there. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I hope you out-bowled him. I mean, he was dead probably by the time you were bowling with him. Just to recap, if you're a first-time listener, Scott is way older than I am, first of all. So he should know who Bogart oh, is I'm more ancient. than myself. I am. Well, I'm, I'm ancient. Just saying. Yeah. Go ahead. Plato was saying... Uh, Plato, whenever I sat with him and spoke, <laughs> and we you introduced me to him, and we had we had wine on the Nile. Mm-hmm. Um, he he had that idea of like this is the the archetype, right? These are the archetypes of different things, and everything that we see on the in the earth and on the in on uh, on the planet, all that kind of stuff, are just flawed reproductions. Of what the archetype is, so somewhere up in heaven or up in the up in the wherever you want to go with that is this perfect horse. You know, there's this perfect form of the horse, and that's the archetype that exists. And down here, we see all these different variations of what a horse looks like, but somewhere up here, there's this there's this perfect one. That's what all of these other these other versions are supposed to emulate. But they never quite achieve it. They're all just slightly flawed. And so the same thing exists for everything, right? The same thing's thing would exist for a chair. The same thing would exist for ev- everything has an archetype, you know? And so even whenever you get into the, the place, we're going to lose Jim, Jimbo here for just a second, but, but come back to me in about two seconds. When you look at some of these like sci-fi movies, okay, there are, you can come back now. There are <laughs> his eyes glaze over every time we talk about any type of that, any type of those movies. But there's there's these we always do the things of archetypes, right? Star Wars has the archetype of all of these different people. Here's the evil person. Here's the evil the evil lord. Here's the the 
you know, the the rebel pilot guy. It's an archetype. We've got we've got all these different archetypes that exist. And that's why so many people actually relate because they they find various elements of versions of themselves in those characters. Okay. I I know I went off on a tangent. Okay, I'm coming back. So <laughs> so whenever you talk about character defects, we're not is it is it really that you're trying to pursue that perfect archetype of yourself per se? Or is it that you're just trying to get to those places that say, this is what drives me to do the nasty shit that I don't want to do anymore. And I'm dealing with those issues. Am I really, am I really going after perfection or am I, am I really just trying to get the, the trigger points taken care of? Do you know, I mean, is there, am I making sense on that? Yeah. And that's what. Again, working the program as best of your ability by putting that all down on paper and finding those trigger points, it kind of relates back where progress, not perfection, where by doing that step, it humbles you. And that was the biggest thing the program's done for me. It's humbled me. It's crushed my ego. I'm not the master of the universe. By crushing that thought process, I was able to realize I'm not going to be perfect and I don't have to be. I'm just going to do the best I can. And by putting that all down on paper and realizing, well, if I can clean this up a little bit and clean this up, like there's no way every single day my character defects rear their ugly head. There's not a day that's gone by since I've been sober that I've been absolutely perfect. I'd be awfully freaked out if it ever happened. Right. So by putting it on paper and realizing, okay, these are certain things that keep continuously happening that put me into a place that I don't want to be. How do I make this a little bit better? And again, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. The biggest thing is when I finally saw it on paper and then I conveyed it to another human being and my higher power that this is what I'm dealing with. Can I get a little help with this stuff? It has gradually gotten easier and it's never, ever going to be perfect. Right. So that archetype, I can always strive for it. I'm never going to be that definition of that archetype. Right. Which I'm okay with. But what you're trying to do is... is keep your side of the street clean. Keep your side of the street clean but and and work on those trigger points, Right. Because it's not only about what this this topic seems to be less about what my actions are and more about trying to control and uh, correct the trigger points that that cause my actions. Is that is that fair, Mister Three Thousand's pointing at Big Joe. Big Joe's just staring back at Mister Three Thousand. We have Joe has a little bit of a staring contest going on, and each one of them is like, "Ah, I don't know if I want to handle that. Repeat your thought process there again. Is it? I don't know if that's oversimplifying it or not. But what were your thoughts there again? That it's got less to do with our actions, the actions that we take. This this particular point has less to do with our actions and more to do with with correcting the trigger points that now drive our actions. Yeah, I agree with that statement then, because it, it is it becomes second nature when the nice thing is now because of the development of the higher power, I'm actually now able to be honest and say what is driving at me, something that's bothering me. I can throw that out there now and be honest and actually get honest feedback back as well where that didn't happen before. So now because of, I think that's why honesty is such a key component and you see success with a lot of people that are actually honest, that will actually call you out on something. And it's just like, okay, once again, the ego may have gotten too big and I didn't even realize a type of situation where that's a development between 
a higher power, the people that I hang out with where I can constantly work on it, but I'm not even really even thinking about it. I'm just having a conversation. Right. And it could go down that path like, hey, do you think maybe last week that was a little bit over the top? And to me, I may not have even thought it was. But like other people <laughs> around me are like, that was a little ridiculous. <laughs> So, so we're dealing with trigger points. We're dealing with, with correcting the things that drive us. The idea, though, is, is don't get stuck waiting for perfection, right? Don't get stuck waiting for perfection. Keep moving forward. You're going to screw up. You're gonna, the things that drive you, they're going to rear their, their ugly heads every now and again. But give yourself some grace. And, and don't basically beat yourself up and drive yourself back to your addiction because you weren't able to, to curb the thing that was driving you. I agree with everything you just said there. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Can let's can we all mark that down? Mister Three Thousand just agreed with everything that I just <laughs> said right there. That does not happen often. <laughs> I just don't want to. I don't want to gloss over that moment. You know, it's that was a great moment. That was oh. <laughs> That may go down in, in the record books as one of the greatest is it moments. Too late to retract the previous statement. I believe it is. Yes. Um, okay. One so thing I would change. No. <laughs> but here's here's the flip side of this coin. Okay, is the same grace that you offer to yourself, you've got to now offer and extend back out to others. That's the hard part, I think. I mean, some people are going to be naturally naturally they're going to give themselves grace. And those are the, and, some of those other character defects, the jealousy, the envy, and all those things, which we could open a major can of worms by discussing all those other things. It's just, in my personal opinion, working on myself makes me better with dealing with others. Is it oversimplified to say if my side of the street's clean, I can handle a lot more shit on the other side of the street. You know what I mean? There's still a path for me, even if that completely something that drives me crazy me working on myself, I'm okay. I can handle that today. We can always go back to that. Right. That's an oversimplified answer to your question about how do you handle others, but that's the whole concept of having your side of the street clean. As long as I'm in a good place, I can handle a shitstorm other ways. You know what I mean? Like, But can you? Oh, because my side of the street's clean, I can't. <laughs> Unless you call me out on my tire all the time. I'm just saying. I mean, just but can you? stay on their side of the street? It does it really is it <laughs> is that what you tell me? Is it about tunnel vision? Is it about putting blinders on and and saying I'm so focused I I'm going to completely ignore their their actions right now? How do you do that well? Because as much as I try to do it, I can honestly say I I this is one of my character defects is that I have it's work for me. Okay, I've spent decades trying to learn how do I how do I ignore other people's actions that just irritate the crap out of me and I, I learned four words from from a very good friend of mine in college four words that were yeah but that's okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so I would come in and I'd be like can you believe this just happened and, and look at this and he'd go yeah but that's okay and well, I mean, and that comes I could, down to I, I learned that. I mean, you don't want to hold a resentment against them because of it. Because I mean, we we always True. say that holding a resentment is like drinking a glass of poison, expecting the other person to die. I mean, so to you can't really get mad or hate that person for that because they're not thinking about it. You know, it's not bothering them; it's bothering you. 
You got to deal with it. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change. The courage to change the things I can't. So that's that fine line of, do I call this person out right now? (laughs) They're not going to change. Where is it? My question is, back to you, is where is it going to get you? Nowhere. Nowhere good. Nowhere good. Nowhere good. You know, what good comes from this? I mean, that's a real, that's a very real question, not just a hypothetical clause that people like to use. bottle up a little anger like I do and then get mad about spilled milk. (laughs) (laughs) Three times we've circled back to the milk. That's impressive. I, I totally get it from a logical standpoint. I guess I'm trying to talk about it from in the in the moment. In the moment, it's hard sometimes to pause. Right. That's what I was just about and, to say. Hit and, the pause. And to hit the pause and to say, okay, how is this going to affect my life in five years? It's not. You know? But that's a very logical conversation. And that's something that, that as we sit at this table and nothing is really annoying us, isn't that wonderful? If you don't have that pause and you say you do explode on them or, I mean, are you going to have to circle back? How do you get the pause? It's not about should you pause. Everybody would say yes. I don't, I don't know very many people who would say, no, don't pause. What I want to know is <laughs> Let her fly. how do you, how do you, where's the pause button? How do you hit it? Because when you're in the midst of it, it's not the easiest thing. We've all been in that moment where we've said the shit we didn't want to say. And whether, even if we were justified in saying it, we, we, we didn't say it maybe in the best way. Or maybe the better option was keep your mouth shut. And, and that should have been our option, was keep your mouth shut. You know, make a phone call to somebody else later, vent about it later, get it out of your system somehow. Or one of my deals is... I don't ever feel like it's got complete closure until I can actually address the person. I have to learn other ways, and I, I, I work on this on a regular basis. I have to work on other ways to vent it and let the venting be healing for me. Because it's not usually healing. It's, it's usually more fueling the fire. And then I don't ever feel like it's completely resolved until I've been able to, to basically confront that person. But sometimes the confrontation is not good, right? Sometimes sometimes in the confrontation, I'm making it worse. And if I had just let it go and it would have died down, we could have kept on moving and nothing would have been a big deal. But because I had this need to confront, now all of a sudden, I've got a bigger issue on my hands when I just should have kept my damn mouth shut. And that's the thing, like... I've heard people with a lot more time sober than I am or just in a better place, older, more wisdom, whatever you want to call it, but they state you can't take the spoken word back. So once it's said, it's going to be a hell of a lot harder to circle back like you were talking about, Joey, and try to make it right again because they've already known your initial raw instinct and what you said. So is it easy to hit that pause button? No. But it will sure make relationships a hell of a lot better if you're able to say, hey, can we pick this up in about 10 minutes? And you do take that walk around the block or step outside to get some fresh air because what's the point of damaging something? And again, it all comes back to even if I say what I really want to say right now, is it even going to change the person? Is there going to be any – it may make me feel better, but it's not going to change that person. Right. So that's the biggest thing. Like when do you hit the pause button? It comes in time, I guess. The more – that you're able to realize 
I'm about to say something that's awful. And I, again, <laughs> it happens all too often where it's like, and before you even realize it, your brain catches up like 10 seconds late and it's like, oh, I've already done it. Right. And it's just like, oh, oh I just said that. <laughs> then, yeah. And that's where I think that it is, you know, because how much of it is looking for resolve, resolution, and how much of it is looking for the fight? Because, because it, deep inside of me, the, the fight is there, right? The, um, I, love the, I love the line in The Avengers. I told Joe, uh, Joey about this, and he actually got me a little... I know, don't, don't nod off on me here, Jimbo. <laughs> but, um, but there's a line in The Avengers, just so you know, the Avengers have superheroes, Jim. And... <laughs> oh, <what? laughs> we love our superheroes. Again, they are, they are archetypes that people can relate to, okay? But there's a line in the first Avengers movie... Where they're trying to get Banner about how can how they can just get him to snap into becoming the Hulk because he's got to get angry for that to happen, and the line that I just loved in that in that piece that it's it spoke to me because it, it related to me is he said I'm always angry because they wanted to know how can how can we get you into the Hulk he can get into the Hulk in an instant because inside of him he's got so much anger it's it's always there, <laughs> and and there's part of me that related that going yes I I feel that. I can sometimes it's not about the resolution for me. Is Bre- Brenda? I know your my wife is going to listen to this, and Brenda, you're right. Sometimes I am just looking for the fight, um, <laughs> and I've just admitted that to the entire world. It's not always, and as you've just said, I'm a, v- a very old person at this point, and so I've spent a lot of years trying to get to there. And I I don't feel like I do it very often, but there are times where, as I look back, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't really looking for resolution. I was looking for the fight. Because that's where I was felt like if I can, if I can engage in this fight and I can win this fight, now I can feel better. And then you never do. Even if you win the fight, you feel like shit. You know, I mean, there's, there's no, it's like, it's like war. There is no winner. But sometimes you're looking for, for the, the resolution and that's legit. Sometimes you're looking for the fight, but you aren't fully aware of it until afterwards when you're like, what the hell was I just doing? So I don't know. I mean, when you're in the midst of that, or even when you just want to go back to it, you know, for me, a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll take it, but then I stew on it. And whenever I come back out of that stewing is the fight, you know, because it's confrontation, but it's not about, it's not always a healthy confrontation, obviously. And I'm not just trying to ramble here. I feel like I'm saying the same thing over and over. No. But that's the real stuff. Like that's for me, that's life. That you know, the struggle is real. That's that's it right there. What if is trying to hit the pause button. And this is not how do you how do you hit the pause button? Right. And this not being And then what do you do once you've paused? You gotta have that daily reflection. And that's kind of the nice part as well, where like at the end of the day, you can do that inventory where like, even if you did have a terrible interaction with somebody, at the end of the day, you can take a reflection back and realize you're part of it, and then you can go and correct it. It doesn't have to be right in that moment, and that's that whole progress, not perfection, where if you take that daily inventory at the end of the day and realize, oh, my God, that interaction I had around lunchtime with that person was horrible. Next time you see that person, hey, just say, hey, remember last Tuesday you and I had that conversation? I It came off, the, and you can basically, not admitting complete wrong, because you may have been right. Like you said, justified in what you said, but you just said it in a way that wasn't the best way. So we are lucky, Joey and I, that we have this 12-step program in our lives where 
there's a nice step or a solution to everything that we run into. It's if we take that hurdle into using them. You know what I mean? Like the solution is right there for us to use every single day. Do we choose to use it as a thing? And those people, unfortunately, that you see come in and out of the rooms and have the issue with the honesty and keep going in and out, in and out, what's the disconnect? Because that solution's right there for them for the taking as well, but those character defects keep appearing to be stronger than actually working those steps with all their honesty and seeing what those issues are that make me keep lashing out. Like now that I do this 10th step, pretty much try to, at the end of the day, reflect back on what took place. I don't have to run back and make as many apologies as I used to. It's a nice luxury to have. (laughs) And like you said before, to start this whole thing, well, you're not familiar with the whole character defect thing. And it's kind of nice where I'm able to actually see, oh, man, you're a real asshole right there. Like, And we even talked about this at a meeting recently. Again, this is not a meeting, but people were saying, like, they can actually stop themselves sometimes mid-conversation and apologize for something they said, like, 30 seconds ago. That's super, like, zen-like. Like, oh, they were able to heck that pause. That, that off? Yeah. Sometimes it takes me way at the end of the day. That person's way gone, and they're angry. I'm angry. But at the end of the day, I'm able to be like, we're going to have to have another conversation. A, a way that I deal with it, too, is you guys know me. I don't like to talk about religion. I don't like talk about politics. I don't like talking about the topics that are definitely going to draw a fight. Well, I look at it as like a fight where you might look at it as a conversation. I don't like that. Potential back. controversy. Right. I don't, I don't want that. I don't, I don't want to get into that battle. So I avoid certain topics to stay away from it. And I think it was. I brought it up before we started recording this was in the car the other day in the back of the car. They were talking about religion in the front of the car. We were talking about what our breath smelled like at the time. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I in, intentionally like, talking about the breath, right? <laughs> to, to stay away from that topic. I mean, I don't, it's not that I don't like to talk about it. I just, there's a potential for a battle there and it's not a battle that I want to get into. I mean, so is that just conflict avoidance? Yes. That's peace. That's how he finds his serenity. That's, that's, that's where peace. I find it. I, I, I know that I can avoid so it. So where's the line between conflict, and maybe we're running too, too long on this, but where where's the line between conflict avoidance and sticking your head in the sand? There, there's, there's real life all around you. And and there's no way to deny uh, certain things that are happening in the, in the real world. Right. Yeah, and... I'd rather have the conversation with somebody that agrees with me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. But, which is the ultimate move for conflict avoidance. Only right. talk with people that agree with you. <laughs> like there's certain people I will talk to politics about. I can guarantee you. But they you, agree I, with you. I would never in my lifetime talk to politics with Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> and we know that. And really, we don't really care that we have different political views or different religious views. I mean, we're best friends, I'd call it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, that kind of stuff is set aside. I mean, well, there's wisdom in, in saying, look, we just we don't agree. And so let's not touch on that. Right. There's, there is some wisdom in that. Um, but where does where does wisdom turn into? A denial of of reality. There, there's no way to avoid that religion exists in our world. There's no way to avoid that that politics exist in our world. 
And the more that you turn away, like say politics, okay? I mean, I'm not, I'm not huge in the political scene, so, so I'm kind of throwing stones at myself. But the less that you get involved in the political scene, the more that you're just basically saying to them, do whatever the hell you want to do. And and when the corruption occurs, whenever the weird crap occurs, not my fault. You don't get to say <laughs> not my fault because you completely said I'm out. Do what you want to do. I'm out. So you don't get to say it's not my fault because because you chose to to completely disengage. If you're engaged and it goes poorly, you get to say that was my fault. If you're engaged and it goes well, you get to say that was my fault. But if you disengage, you still have to say that was my fault. Because I completely disengaged. By disengaging, though, I kept my serenity. That's the hard part. That's the, like, <laughs> Which is a very, I'm sure. with my serenity no, now. I'm Devil, <laughs> Devil's advocate. Yeah. Are you just kind of being self-centered right there? A little bit. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> me being happy means the people around me are also going to be happy. <laughs> this one's going to be a hard one to wrap up. The island of the island of Jimbo. <laughs> Population one. <laughs> I live in my own world, but it's much nicer here. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's how I would, that's how I avoid it. I try to stay the hell away from certain topics. Is there wisdom in that? And I think yes. Some, well, sometimes there is. Well, that probably that's probably like one of the statements I've had in the past is when people are talking behind your back, let them talk because right. you don't hear it. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> That was a how. These are my little quotes that I live by. <laughs> right. Well, on that note, we are going to just kind of wrap things up here. I think we've opened more questions than than we've answered, but I think it's good. It's good for thought. It's it's good thought process. And definitely let us know on the Facebook page if you have additional questions or even comments on the show, what you would like to hear us talk about, or maybe some answers to our open-ended questions. We'd love to hear from you. As Jimbo mentioned, we have the Facebook page at This Is Not A Meeting. We have thisisnotameeting.com where you can download uh, any of the podcasts that you might have missed. We're also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all that jazz. You can get all that from the website. It's it's really a one-click one click hit, and you can have the podcast delivered to you every single Tuesday morning as we release them. Just to mention our sponsors, we've got FTBA uh, at ftbateam.com. And we also have Big Joe's Towing. You can find both of them on Facebook. You can also find them on uh, on their websites. And uh, make sure to stop by. If you do stop by their websites, go ahead and mention that you heard from them here. We're looking for comments. We didn't mention Tim today, so we'll bring still him up love now. You, Tim. We still, we do. We love you, Tim. And uh, please continue your comments with him. He's actually going to come on the podcast at some point. And we're going to get him introduced to everybody so that they know who the hell we're talking about. Yeah, I've talked about. to him a couple times about it. He's excited about it. Yeah, I th- and he'll be, a, he'll be a great person to have on. That is, this is not a meeting. Like I said, I think we raised more questions at this point than we did answers. But that's just the way life rolls sometimes. Go on out there, make good decisions, find those trigger points, and give yourself some grace to get through them. We love you. We will see you later.